Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Gwen Lane. She's been through quite the evolution. She was a digital marketer turned lifestyle blogger turned business mentor and now the founder of Seven Figure Influencer Program. She helps create content creators and entrepreneurs monetize their influence through premium partnerships and digital offers. She's worked with so many crazy brands over the years like Disney, Facebook, Google, Target, American Airlines, and so much more. And she's also sold her business. Yeah, which is part one of what we're talking about today. This episode is really cool in the sense that we kind of, you know, have Gwen break down two different sets of strategies. One where she literally sold her first business that started as a side hustle blog. I know you guys are going to be super curious about all the intricacies behind those details and how she prepped that business for sale and the recommendations that she has for you, even if you don't plan on selling your business what you can do to keep it organized right now. And then part two of this conversation is a little bit more of that influencer space of what does it mean to actually be an influencer? What does it mean to land high ticket brand deals? What does it actually require for you to kind of think about first before you dive into something like this? I know you're going to love Gwen. So definitely give this one a listen. And if you have any follow up questions, don't hesitate to reach out at boss project on Instagram. Hey, Gwen, welcome to the show. Hi, so great to be here. I'm excited to dive in and hear a bit more about your story. We met years ago, a little in-person mastermind conference of sorts, and I've been fascinated by your business. You're not necessarily, or you weren't necessarily in the B2B space. You kind of are now, but that's a story for the end of the podcast. And you have done so much and built this incredible brand and business and recently were acquired. And so I want to talk today about building a business to sell it and what that looks like. So I'd love if you could give some background as to like where you started and what the LA girl was to you. 
Sure. So I, someone that came from the digital marketing world, that's kind of like my corporate experience. I did that for over a decade in the entertainment industry coming from Los Angeles. I live in Minneapolis now. We just made that move a year ago to be closer to my stepdaughter. So I was working in the digital world, advertising, marketing, entertainment. So that was feature films and then doing some YouTube. And now, you know, all the shows that you see on Hulu and Netflix, like those were the that's the kind of companies that I was working with. So licensing and distribution of content and then moving into those on-demand streaming platforms. And so I've kind of been in that world and seeing like celebrities and YouTubers kind of getting those sponsorships and those deals. And so when I started my blog, The LA Girl, as a side hustle back in 2016, it was more of like a things to do in LA for millennial women. It was an outlet that I wanted and I've always been entrepreneurial at heart. So I was like, okay, this is going to, I'm going to try this, see what happens. And then it kind of just took off. I started building an audience and it was different from, you know, LA Times or Eater or Time Out because it was from the perspective of me and being a woman in LA. And I also wanted to kind of get rid of the stigma that LA is very superficial. It's hard to make friends. And so I made it more of a community-based thing with the LA Girl and the LA Girl Society. And so people were making friends through my blog. They were connecting to other people. We would do brunches and I started doing events. And so I just built up that channel through Twitter first and the blog because Instagram didn't exist at that time, which is hilarious. Feels ancient now. And so then I started posting on Instagram. I started growing a following there and then brands started reaching out to me. And that was kind of like the beginning of influencer marketing when brands would see that people would create these audiences and they would already have that know, like, and trust. And then they would want us to promote their audience as an advertising channel. And as someone who came from advertising, I'm like, it's the same concept. I'm like, it's basically, I have a channel like a TV channel, a magazine, or a radio. And all of that budget kind of moved over to digital and moved over to influencer marketing. And so I was super, you know, grateful and lucky to be at the very beginning and to kind of see the evolution of that. And then the creator economy just like came out of nowhere, as you've seen. And people are making their living, creating content, having their own channels, having their own audiences, and starting to monetize through brands partnerships. And then eventually diversifying that into digital things and merchandise and like Sephora partnerships, and like you name it, right? So that's kind of how that started. And then the LA Girl, I ran it for about three and a half years. And then people started asking me, how do you do that? How do I, as an influencer, start partnering with brands? And that's when I started my second company, teaching other people and becoming more of like the educator of influencers and coaching influencers of the business and monetization side. It's been crazy to watch because it's just like you watch some of these people just like seemingly come out of nowhere and they influencer world is like an entirely other world. And I am fascinated by it. Love it. Addicted to it. I want you to make like a documentary on the influencer world, which I would watch. I am deeply interested in just like Abby and I have our own like separate off air personal conversations about various influencers that we know and brand choices that they make and ways that they're representing themselves. And it's almost like this weird little separate ecosystem of business building because it's, it is them. Like they could hold up a pile of poop sometimes and say, go buy this thing. 
if you've built that reputation with your people and it's weird and fascinating. Yes, it is so fascinating. Well, the part of the story you left out was the middle where you, okay, so you did start building the new company, but you recently sold the LA girl. And I'm curious, what were the kinds of things you did to prep for that? Like, did you even see it coming or this old little side hustle someone wants to buy? I'm sorry, what? What were you doing with it so that it could, I mean, because it's less normal, less likely, less, um, I don't know what the right word is. You just don't see personal brands being sold very often or offloaded in a way that's an effective way. And so I know a lot of small businesses today, more and more and more of them, even if they're not influencers, they are growing what I would consider a personal brand around what it is they're doing, regardless if it's a service or a digital product or a physical product or whatever, they're using their face to market. So I'm curious, how the hell did you do that? (laughs) Great questions. And so the thing that I was kind of going through is like when I started coaching other influencers, my focus and kind of my mission shifted. It was less about being the LA girl and being the influencer and going to all the events and getting all the stuff and partnering with brands. That's great, but it became like a secondary thing. My first priority started becoming, oh my God, I can help these people and I can help them create their own businesses so that they could have that freedom of traveling and staying home. And so the first thing was the priority shifted. Completely. And so I started, not that I didn't want to write about things to do in LA, but it became less of a priority for me. So that became apparent. And so the question for me at that point was like, what do I do with the LA girl? Do I want to keep it? Do I have the bandwidth to create content? I'm sure you know one business is enough. <laughs> so when you're doing two accounts, two Instagrams, two like things, it's like that are heavy content focused and brand presence focused. It's a lot. Yeah. So one step I made was I started hiring writers and I kind of shifted it into more of a media brand to where it was not just me as the LA girl. Yes, that's the founder story and that's kind of how I positioned it in the beginning. But then I started hiring people because it didn't have to be me to do the calendar every month, right? Like nobody cares that it was me or not. Yes, there's like a curated lens that I go through and most of my people were into like more into food and fitness than fashion, right? Or travel versus, you know, something else. And a lot of us were social impact driven. So I always featured events that catered to the original vision. So the vision was still there, but I wanted to bring in new people, one, to help me because damn, it was a lot of work. And secondly, to kind of just diversify the voice. And so I started shifting it to this brand is for the LA girl and not me as the LA girl. And that was like a big shift. And people kept selling, saying, hey, oh, it's Gwen, you're the LA girl. I'm like, no, I'm like, I founded it. Like you are. (laughs) I, I know, it's for you. And so that was kind of like a shift in messaging. And so that was like kind of the first step. And the second step was my husband and I decided to move to Minnesota. Minnesota during the pandemic, which is not LA, if you guys <laughs> connect the dots there. <laughs> so, my husband's originally from Minnesota and he has a daughter that lives here. And we have been seeing her, you know, ever since we've been together. And she was growing up, and we were at the point where we we're like, you know, if we have the chance to move there and not miss her childhood, 
I think that would be a great idea. And so when everyone worked from home, we felt like it was exactly the right time. I could work from home. He could work from home. And we could start seeing her more often. And that has been really a big driver in the whole you know, shift in what do we do now. And I'm sure with everyone with a pandemic, you start thinking of things differently. You start prioritizing things differently. It wasn't about like, let's be in LA because we could, you know, be around our friends and go to all the restaurants that we love. It was more of like, okay, what's important now? And so we made that decision. And at that time, a friend of mine actually said, what are you doing with the LA girl? And I'm like, beats me. I don't know. (laughs) So one option was to keep running it and to just have people on the ground be there, which I could have totally have done. And then also just fly back for events if needed and stuff like that. So that was one option, but I was already feeling kind of out of it. So the energy wise and the attention and the focus was so much more because my other business was just ramping up and we were experiencing so much growth that I felt like I was neglecting that baby. <laughs> And the the energy wasn't there as much. And so the friend who asked me actually was like, are you interested in selling your company? And she has a lifestyle and fashion brand as well. And she lives in LA. And it was just like the perfect fit. And I wasn't looking to sell it in the beginning, but it just it worked out. And so, you know, we went through negotiation and stuff for a couple months and finalized terms. And then we did this whole announcement and I was able to fly back and do a whole shoot and all that stuff for it. So yeah, I was able to make my first exit officially of a company and she was able to make her first acquisition. So that's kind of how that happened. It's really crazy. But I think one of the things you mentioned, and not that Emily and I, we're not going anywhere, guys. We're We are here. You can't get rid of us. But we absolutely have the lens of like, what does it look like over time to continually build assets within the business to make it more sellable long term? Because we've worked way too dang hard to just like cut ties one day and walk away. Yeah. If and when we're like actually done, I don't want it to just disappear into like beyond tragic for me. But one of the decisions we made a couple of years ago, which was like a hard and weird transition, though, was removing ourselves from the brand like you're talking about. And I wouldn't say like we're obviously like all over the brand still, but like we decided to get our own personal Instagram accounts and still have the main business one and start to talk as if we're individual people. And then the business is the business and we're not the business. The business is y'all like you're saying exactly like you're saying. And it was for sure a shift, but I think it's been interesting because people will follow you for you and they'll follow your business for entirely different reasons. And I love that that was a big part of your transition. And even just like internally thinking about it, how do you set your business up so that it's not so dependent on not just you? Because I think anyone could do that (laughs) if you're not planning on selling. Right. Well, and I even saw this post yesterday, specifically someone was talking about what happens when like you've built the business and you have the people and you're making the money and but everyone's so reliant on you. And for me, I know a big part of it was taking the shift that you need to remanage if they're getting continually more reliant on you then like you need to shift how you're managing the business because the more you add 
should actually make your job easier, not the other way around. And so I'm sure adding those riders and stuff at first, it would be a lot more like in the very beginning to train and onboard. But over time, I'm sure that took a lot off your plate. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I was at the point where I just couldn't turn out as much content because I was focused on the other business and growing that. And so it was definitely necessary. And like you said, with any business growth, even if you're not planning on selling it, it's just a good practice, I think, to see like what could happen if you weren't completely in the day to day. And that's one of our goals now is like, can we take a trip you know, for a month and will the business survive without me? Right. Yeah. I was going to ask you, if is there anything that you took from prepping the LA girl to sell and to kind of process without your run without you that you've used from maybe sooner than you normally would have with your other business because you were doing it over there? Well, the, the sale wasn't really prepped. Let me tell you that. It was messy. Like all the accounts, all the passwords. Cause like when you do that sale, it's a digital sale. So it's not like a physical place where we have to do all of the physical assets, which I'm sure would have been a giant nightmare. But even the digital stuff, like all the email inboxes and all the email lists and all that stuff and the like the Facebook groups and all the digital properties. So it was supposed to be a 30-day process and it did not happen. And luckily I knew her, so it's not like we weren't like, you know, delivering, but it just took that long for us to transfer everything over. And so I think it was a good wake-up call for like trying to get everything organized in the second business to make sure that everyone knows where everything is. Yeah, I think keeping track of digital property. Guys, I didn't think that like you could have like literal trash online. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Like you can literally take up space that like you own it, like it's your space and you continue to own it. There's like, like we have entire websites. Well, okay, I'm curious then having gone through that, even if it's messy, because you know what? It's your first exit. It's the first time you've done this. I mean, it was not a small thing, but it was it was the first time doing it. So like, now that you know that, like, what are the things you would do differently, or that you are excited about trying or that you are gonna or maybe you learn the mistake, even if you haven't corrected in your set, yeah, even if it's not fixed yet. Yeah, so definitely getting more organized. I feel like, you know, just like you, both of you, I know are hiring right now and growing right now. And so when you start like onboarding people and you realize what a hot mess it is, and I'm like, please don't let them think I'm a hot mess. I'm actually onboarding someone today and I'm like trying to get all my things together so she doesn't think I'm a hot mess. And I'm like, guess what? And this is what I've told my own clients. It's like, I've been in the behind the scenes of billion and million dollar companies and it's still a hot mess. So <laughs> I don't, I try not to feel as bad about it and just be like, okay, hey, we're doing our best. Yes, we have processes. Yes, they're not all updated. Yes, we have different Google Docs under different accounts that we're going to have to share differently. And that's just the way it is, I feel like. And it's also like it's online business. I feel like it's not like those cookie cutter other businesses. Like there's so many things that change all the time. Like we have different 
apps that we have because we try different things all the time. And it's not because we're a hot mess. It's because we're innovating all the time or maybe we tried something new and something didn't work anymore. And so I think for me, it's less about what I would do differently, but just giving myself grace, knowing that that's just how things are. And also if things are messy, like I want people on my team to be able to adapt and be flexible. And I told the person today, (laughs) that one person who's starting, like it's fast. And right now we're in the middle of a shift, a rebrand, a whole new product launch. And so what I teach you today might not be the same thing that you're doing in two weeks. And I just need you to be understanding. (laughs) Yeah. I made the mistake in one of our recent hires, not an employee, but She's a one of our additional copywriters. She's been on the team for a couple of months now, but you know, the first month I was like, okay, trust me, it's it's not always like this. Like it's crazy right now, and I get it. And then a couple of weeks later, I was like, it's not always like this. Like, sorry, my day has just been so crazy. I've had like so many meetings. It's not normally like this. And then like, but months into it, I was like, you know what, Casey? Sorry, man, it is like this. Like it is like this. <laughs> it is. It is. That is it. Unless like. You know, you do the same thing, but as I'm sure both of you know, since we've been in this over how many years now, social media platform makes a change. You got to do something else. The traffic channel changes. You got to do something else. Like some things that worked. Google makes all their random updates while iOS makes all their updates and everything falls apart. Yes, exactly. So like if something doesn't work, you have to change. And the team has to be on board that like that wave that we were riding is not going anymore. And if we want to keep this business up and running, we got to be able to pivot quickly. And we don't need like complaints or (laughs) people that are like, attached to old things. Right. And I hope it's reassuring for our listeners to hear. Like, I feel sometimes that, you know, you feel like you're in this bubble of like, you're the only one that like is changing your mind so much or your systems or the whatever the process to do this thing. Like it's all of us. Like it's literally all of us. I feel like if you're not doing that, that's the detriment to your business. So it's okay. Yes. I've seen like the whole shift this year with the iOS update and all the new things that everyone is doing. And everyone had to change if they were doing ads or evergreen strategies. This whole year was all about, okay, how do we pivot? Because probably something broke or isn't working as well as it used to. And we just had to do it. And so I think that it's being flexible and being adaptable is probably like the biggest lesson that I've learned on that part. Well, we have to be adaptable. Sometimes the perspective I have to give myself is like, I literally couldn't text people when I was a kid like that, like, like, like smartphones are new in the grand scheme of things. And the internet, the way it is today is not just a little bit different. It is radically different than it was five years ago. And so I think we're constantly feeling sorry for ourselves or like bad about like where we're at with things when we have been forced to evolve through so many shifts in technology and the world we're living in and pretty soon I'll be able to be a hologram in your living room giving you a coaching lesson on your life so y'all just wait I mean it's probably it's already possible which is just <laughs> a little we just can't afford that yet <laughs> Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? 
I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I wanted to segue into speaking of changes and adapting to not only what you see your clients needing, because you did move into more of a B2B space. And that was the whole point of the LA girl leaving and the transition of you being able to move and like so many big, incredible opportunities. But I feel like, you know, with the development of new products, because you went into the B2B space, but you're also just releasing a new product like right now comes from a deep, at least from us. And I hear it from you too, comes from a deep passion of like, 
actually what is the best way for me to serve my people. And I love, love your new offering that you've got out into the world. So talk to me a little bit about that same kind of mentality, the same concept of adapting and choosing to serve your people in a different way, even if sometimes it feels a little uncomfortable for you and them. (laughs) Yeah. So when I started the second company of teaching, you know, influencers and creators how to start monetizing through brand partnerships. And so I was speaking mostly to beginner creators or people who were just starting out and they needed to figure out, you know, who their audience was, who they were as a brand, what their aesthetic would look like, their content strategy and which channels they should be on, and then eventually start attracting and pitching a brand. So I call it more of like the elementary level, like the beginner to intermediate content creator, influencer 101 kind of thing. And so I was basically serving them for the last three and a half years. And we've gotten great results, you know, things like my last client to send me a voice memo saying she has 4,000 followers and she was able to get a $1,600 brand deal. And so a lot of people in that space are only getting $40 for a post. And she was able to negotiate a longer term. So that's kind of like the standard rate for someone with 4,000 followers would be around $40 a post. And if you can double that, that's like $80, which is great if you're just starting out. You make money. It's better than just getting a free shirt or free lipstick or whatever, which that's kind of where the beginners are stuck at is getting free products only or like getting a discount. Like, oh, you can get a 20% discount code. And that's like not enough to make a living, right? And so it was like getting a good enough side hustle to just like make anywhere from a thousand to two thousand. Some of them were doing a lot better because they had bigger followings. And so now we've been shifting to people who have already gotten paid deals similar to that client who's like in the thousand to two thousand mark, but they want to do this full time. They don't want to be doing this and their job because it's a lot of work as we talked about earlier. It's like being able to produce content consistently, do things for brands and go to your job and your other responsibilities in your life. It becomes crazy and you're not going to be able to grow. And so this new offer that we just launched about two weeks ago. It's called Seven Figure Influencer. And it's really the path to six or seven figures for influencers. And I've noticed that the only way to get out of the side hustle kind of beginner influencer situation to go full time is really to start creating premium partnerships and not just one off $100 posts because that's not going to pay rent. That's not going to pay your mortgage and you cannot leave your job. You will be stuck there because you need that security. And so that's one aspect of it. And then just seeing from my own journey, it's like, yes, brand deals are great, but they're also you get stuck in feast or famine because some months you have them and some months you don't. And some of the bigger brands, sometimes it's a three-month negotiation because there's so much red tape and approval and all of that stuff. And it's like, how are you bringing in money those three months when you're waiting for Disney to approve your partnership. And so people think like, oh, you worked with these brands and it's great. They don't know the back end that that was a how many months partnership. I didn't get paid. A lot of it is contractor invoices. So you don't get paid for 30, 60, 90, or even 120 days after the campaign because that's their accounting cycle. And to me, it's like, what am I going to do for 120 days until I get paid for that deal? 
And so that's why I started teaching influencers how to create digital offers that they could sell as something that keeps running and keeps the lights on and and lets them still do this full time while they're still doing brand deals. So it's kind of a two-prong approach on creating a sustainable and profitable business for influencers. Well, and I know this is just speaking on the monetization side. While the brand deals can be amazing, so much of what you get paid is it feels like a shady deal sometimes, especially if there's like an, a maybe an affiliate side where like you're getting paid on a percentage of sales, the dollars back for the dollars they're generating. It's like, I don't know. And the dollars that they spent versus what most brands would be spending on a traditional campaign 10 years ago, renting a studio, hiring models, a creative director, a photographer, you're playing all of those roles. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm here with you and totally believe that like, I want people getting paid like 60 grand for, no, a for post. Sure. that like, because the thing is like, it might not some of these brands need to like wake up and realize that sometimes the sale isn't going to happen the day they put like, especially if it's like a big purchase, like furniture or whatever, like they literally could save the post for six months or a year before they go out and make the purchase. And then there's no tie back to who they purchased from. But it's like, if you really trust those influencers, they're like, you almost idolize them in a way and like want to mimic the way they're showing up in their lives. And so I don't know, I have lots of things to say about them. I love that you're also in this space and educating from the like influencers deserve to be paid because I am so passionate about the amount of monies that brands make that you guys don't even realize. It's just a lot. Yeah. And coming from the advertising space, I know how much they pay. I know how much they pay for a 30-second spot on TV. I know how much they've paid celebrities where these influencers sometimes have a better connection with their audience than celebrities because they're relatable. And then there's so many strategies that they could do. They could use that post, like you said, Abigail, as an ad and having the license to use that ad for a year or two years or three years, influencers are not factoring that in their rates. And so this is why I'm so passionate about educating influencers on the value that they're providing and being able to be confident enough to push back and negotiate with the brand that, hey, you're not just getting me in a post and a thing. Like a lot of us sometimes have locations, photographers, like high res photography, videography, like the hair and makeup, all the things that we provide and making sure that they're charging for that. Well, I'm super excited to see this new program come out for you and and truly like being able to touch people in this higher level way. Because the thing that I've been learning lately too is, and I'm super happy that you're taking up this space is there's not a lot of people who are helping in this range for people in the higher level space across all niches, but it's so needed clearly in the conversations of how many people who've landed some deals or who know, because Abby and I were talking before we hit record, like, I think in our dream world, we would love to be influencers and like get paid to do it. But the amount of time that it actually takes and logistics, you couldn't pay me enough. You still can't pay me enough. You cannot pay me enough. Truly. That's where I am still. And that's kind of where, and this is where Gwen's going to be like, stop it. But I'm like, you can just give me the thing for free. And like, maybe I'll do it on stories. No, Emily, stop it. I got my entire moving paid for free. And I did like one picture. I still don't know how you did that. I'm very frustrated. I don't either. And I got a whole gift basket with like $400 worth of gift cards. 
And I did like a boomerang and one feed post that was like garbage. (laughs) Well, I feel like I was a good manager there for you for a while. What you guys don't realize is we've been down this rabbit hole before. And like when Emily adopted, I pitched Emily to I don't even know how many brands. And he was like, give me your registry and I'm going to see how much shit I can get for you for free. Dude, I was your wing woman. He was my Chris Jenner. It's fine. Anyway, I always love talking to people in this realm because I think it's like the thing I always wanted to be. And I know I could, but I just, I'm at the point in my career where I don't want to work this hard. Yeah, I think that's the difference between like if it's a side thing and you're not relying on it for money and you guys have a business and it's like if the free stuff is great. But for the people who are like they don't have anything and they hate their jobs, like they hate their jobs and they need a way out, I'm like don't accept free stuff. 100%. Well, I love that. I I know we had like a two-phase part of this conversation, but let's go ahead and head to talk strategy to me and and let's kind of give some strategies for a little bit of both. Maybe two for the whole like prepping your business for selling, even if you're not thinking of selling, but to better your life. What are your two suggestions there? And then two suggestions for people who are like, okay, maybe I actually want to spend some time in the influencer world. What would you have them prep first before maybe reaching out to someone like you? Sure. So for selling your business, like this is something that I kind of have been talking to my mentors and coaches about before when it wasn't even finalized yet. And what they had told me was, I feel like you should always prep as if you're selling. And so we kind of talked about that earlier. So even if you're not even thinking of selling, even if you think, oh, I would never sell, coming into the mindset of that, it just gets you more organized. It gets you more accountable to your because sometimes when it's just us and it's our business, we don't care. (laughs) Like it's so messy. Like we don't, we're just like, no one's going to see that. So I think it's really about getting organized and maybe, you know, taking, you know, one month where you're not maybe that busy. You don't have a lunch that month that you're in cleanup or like holiday mode when things are shut down and maybe taking the time to really look at your systems and be like, okay, what does our tech stack look like? Does that still work for us? So we've done that recently with our business now. And then where am I keeping everything? And it's a little bit morbid. Like if something happened to you, how would your business run? And would your team be able to find everything? I think that's kind of the second thing. (laughs) I think that's smart. Really, really. Like I could probably figure it out in Emily's absence. And I think she could figure out maybe 80%. (laughs) I could probably figure out 80 to 90%. But I'm sitting here thinking of my little side hustle earrings. Like literally no one could figure that out. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing, right? And maybe like they won't run it, Emily, but like maybe like your outstanding orders so that they could like at least fulfill those out. So having some sort of plan, contingency plan would be the second thing and making sure that your team, your partner or whomever would have the, you know, the assets and kind of the access to that. My sister is our lawyer. And so she and I have been having conversations about everything. And what would we do? Like if I do have a 12-month program and something happened to me in the middle, what is the contingency plan on that? And what are the refunds and process and things that we'd have to do? All right. What about some two strategies for people who are maybe dipping into the like influencer realm? What do they need to prep? Yeah. So first, I think the biggest, biggest thing is the decision of is this a side hobby 
where you're okay with getting stuff for free? Or is this the business goal? Is this the business that you're going to move into full time? And I think having that clarity, and it could take a lot of time because I went back and forth on that because I was successful in my corporate career, but I wasn't fulfilled and happy. And so I knew that I needed to move to something else or find another job that would, but I kind of knew in my mind that I could never work for anyone. I'm unemployable at this point. I don't think I could ever go back. (laughs) So I think having the decision of is this a business and a hobby and you will treat those things differently. So having a side business, you might not have to care about being super consistent and, you know, charging as much and having your portfolio, your packages, your pricing. And so those would be the two differentiators there depending on which route you go. And then the second strategy for people who are, you know, deciding that this is going to be a business, this is where you have to figure out, okay, how much do you need to make? to do this full time and having those revenue goals. So let's say it's like 3000 a month. And sometimes people go low because they think it's the salary. I'm like, no, there's taxes and expenses and all this other stuff. You're going to invest. You're probably going to invest in programs and coaches to get you and accelerate your growth, which I recommend to everyone. All of us here have invested thousands and thousands of dollars. And that's why we are where we are. I counted the other day and did another podcast episode and we did 100K in investments to get to a million, which is a 10X return. And I'm like, I'll pay another 100K to get to another million. I don't know if I want to know that number, Abby. (laughs) I probably could figure it out. It might be a little less because we literally, I was like, I was just like, peace out, Girl Scout. No one talked to me for two years and we didn't say anyone. And then we were like, we could maybe use the coach again. But anyway. And then we hired everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think like you level up and then you kind of hit this ground and then you realize you're not growing anymore and then it's time to invest again. So I've noticed that in the past six years, like if I want to grow and level up, I need to invest. And that's the only way I've seen it happen. And so when I talk to my clients now, it's like, okay, so if you're trying to get to five to 10K a month, like how much are you willing to invest in that? Because that's not going to happen without an investment. I've not seen anyone do that without an investment. So that would be my second thing. Like know your monthly revenue goals and know what you're willing to invest to get there. Yeah. I love that. Well, Gwen, thank you so much for breaking all of that down today. I'm sure everyone's going to want to go creep on you and follow you and learn all your tips. So can you let people know where they can learn more about what you offer, where you hang out online and all that good stuff? Sure. I mostly hang out on Instagram. It's at HeyGwenLane and you could also go to GwenLane.com. Perfect. Gwen, thank you so much. Thank you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details.
really love the show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.